our banner at the Wells Fargo Center. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does Kevin Hayes get his uh, banner put up now that he's an all-star? Probably, yeah. There's a chance. There's a chance because <laughs> this era is so is so putrid. I mean, I don't put anything out of the out of their own possibility with the amount of morons they're going to put up there on that on that banner come probably maybe 10 years from now. JVR, Matt Reed, Kevin Hayes. The three yeah, faces of the franchise. It'll be it'll be Giroux, Couturier, Voracek, Simmons. Ghost. Maybe. Who couldn't play defense uh, against the uh when he played the Flyers the other night. Yeah. God, people still fucking talk about Shane Goss's pair. I know. I don't get the it's attachment with former Flyers. I I don't I, once they're gone, they're gone. I, I just don't understand. Ryan Hartman. Who fucking could possibly care that Ryan Hartman isn't a flyer anymore? God, move the fuck on, people. He would have never had a season like that here. No, lining up next to uh, Kirill Kaprizov probably had something to do with that. Yeah, I don't think he would have had the same success next to, uh, you know. Yeah, and Zuccarello. Like, they've got got some guys on the team that know how to play this game. So I've got something for you guys here. Um... Thanks to a friend of the show, uh, uh, Dan Marcus had uh, pointed this out uh, to me in a in a recent episode of 32 Thoughts. And this kind of goes into organizational direction. But it's interesting that Elliot and Jeff were talking about this as pretty much the only topic that's relevant to the Flyers right now. And uh, and Elliot was saying that basically uh, that the ethos is always that the Flyers never take a step backwards it's the Snyder way, all that sort of stuff prior to the cap. But then they said that they're hearing that the Flyers may be changing direction for the first time since the early 70s. And Elliot was saying that it's the right thing to do. Um, but the thing that I kind of didn't understand was that like, it was really cryptic the way that they talked about this. Like, They didn't say change in philosophy, but they said things like, one thing to say we're going to do it, another thing to actually do it. What is it that you think they're talking about here? Is it a rebuild? Is it an understanding that you need to be bad for a little while to be good in the salary cap era? I don't know exactly what Elliot was referring to, but that's where I think he was talking about rebuild. He probably was, but like, I don't know. Are they going to rebuild? Like, what? Do I... And this is, this is a whole friggin' different can of worms with this team right now. But like, they're not. What what, what does rebuilding mean for this current team? Mm-hmm. They're not going to clear any of this cap. Uh, certainly yeah. not enough. And if they, they do can't. clear the cap, they're not going to get assets for clearing this cap. If you get rid of Kevin Hayes, you're probably going to have to fucking pay up to do it or, or retain most of his salary. You're not. It's not like. There's a rebuild. This is not like when Ron Hextall took over. When Ron Hextall took over, if you sold off Simmons and Giroux and Shen and, you know, Voracek, all those guys in there at their peaks, that's a rebuild. And getting all yeah. these fucking crazy assets for it, that's something. Now it's and not even a rebuild. It too. It, now it's just like, 
you got a roster full of mediocre dudes on big contracts when the salary cap is still staying relatively flat. Uh, you just you're just screwed. You're playing yourself out of a goddamn lottery pick at this point. Like, I, they if all else was equal, yeah, you know what? At this point, a, a proper rebuild is probably the way to go about it. But the reality is, that's not something that they're in a position to do because the nature of the contracts and the state of this team and the fact that they fucking just signed Sanheim doesn't make any sense. You know, giving up assets for Tony D'Angelo and then calling it a summer doesn't make any sense. You know, I, I just don't... I'm sure they're more open to the idea now than they were in the past, but it's still not, you know, the, the rebuild or, or, you know, whatever it is they're going to call it just is not a feasible option given the state of the flyer salary cap and the salary cap league wide. They just, they're just, there's no rebuild here. Are you going to trade Travis Konechny at this point? Like if you do, whoop they do But you know, there you go. There's your one bullet. Carter Hart, maybe. I, I, I just don't know what construed as a rebuild for this team. Yeah, there is no rebuild. There, there is zero rebuild at this point that can actually happen. And that's because they haven't defined what a rebuild is. And in fact, if you go league wide, a lot of people still don't really know what that means either. It's almost like you get rid of as many pieces as you can and then start over. And then there's other people that think, well, you just lose for, you know, two years, get draft picks and you know what you're rebuilding because you're out of the playoffs. Therefore it's a rebuild. So you're rebuilding towards getting back into the postseason. The problem is, is that the Flyers have been, you know, it's going to be, what, four of the last five years Yep. after the season, not in the playoffs. And what do they have to show for it? Mm-hmm. They've extended everybody. Yeah. yeah. So you've, you've doubled down, you've tripled down, and really – as much as people want to talk about trading this guy, trading that guy, Travis Sandheim's going nowhere. Nope. <laughs> like, uh, I'm sorry, but he's not. I mean, I mean Couturier is not going anywhere. Nope. So mm-hmm. how are you going to rebuild? Like, the only guys that you can, it, and it's not a rebuild, is if you trade Provorov, which seems to be the likeliest outcome. Provorov, Konechny, and Hart, I think, are your only three. Yeah, that's the only three with value. Well. Oh, you can't trade Konechny now, though. No, no, he's he's one of those guys where, you know, we can't trade him because his value's low when he's playing like shit, but now he's playing better. Oh, now we can't trade him because he's good. Fuck off. I think that they, and Freeman went on to say, and this is actually an interesting quote, too. He goes, fans vote with their wallets. I have heard the Flyers have seen some things, and the way it's going, it's not resonating with the fan base. You don't and fucking that always. Say. Yeah, that always makes the decision for you. It's the way people vote with their wallets and the flyers see where this is going. That, as much as anything, will get them to act. And then it's like, I think that this makes sense, but Fletcher dug the damn grave so deep. Acting can't be done now. Yes, exactly. There's nothing to do. They should have thought about this one two three four seven years ten years ago yeah this yep. should have been going through their stupid pea brains <laughs> but instead they have just annihilated their chances of digging out of this and like and i think that i think what elliot's getting at when he says that people are voting with their wallets is that the season ticket membership has completely plummeted 
But I think the marketing people have done a good enough job to get enough butts in seats to make it seem okay, at least financially speaking. They're doing a pretty good job with all these decade theme nights and Star Wars nights and other promotions and whatnot. They're getting people there. But I think that their bread and butter season ticket holders are wildly dwindling. You know, they're probably seeing 50, 60, 70 percent reduction as compared to 15 years ago in the in the season ticket membership. Um, and I think that's the wallet thing. But at the same time, I have no idea where they go because they literally can't do anything in terms of bringing in other players or tanking or tearing down. There's no way to tear it down. There's no yeah, way. There's nothing, there there's no nothing to dare down to and down. there's no way to build up properly. Because yeah, mm-hmm. you can't go out and sign Dylan Larkin if he hits for agency because you got all this fucking cap invested elsewhere. And there was that thing, I guess it was the hockey news, that uh, the thing you were taking pictures of, the, the magazine. And there's mm-hmm. a section on Val Camillo in there. And the first line is like, oh, she realized that it takes more than a fast-moving puck to get hockey fans in Philadelphia. I'm like, bullshit! Bullshit! You don't need, you know, artisan fucking milkshakes and, you know, Billy Lano's G-strings and all this other wacky shit to fucking get there. You don't. All I want is good hockey. I don't give a fuck about this stuff. It's like you're, you're, you're building distractions in the Wells Fargo Center. You're building it so you don't focus on fucking hockey in the first place. You're going there as an experience. Mm-hmm. And yep. it's not... It, she clearly came from a small market team, the fucking Washington Nationals, a fucking piece of shit baseball franchise that nobody fucking cares about. So they need all this over the top shit to get people in the doors in the first place. And that's what they're turning the Flyers into. You took one of the most culturally rich fucking franchises in the NHL and turned him into fucking nothing. And all you replaced him with goddamn pizza. You know, uh, that that's not going to put asses in the seats. If you were having attendance, they're ranked 20th in attendance, by the way, averaging 2,000 less fans than they were pre-pandemic in 1920. So, not great, by the way. Sixth biggest drop in that time. But, I just don't... You're not building... I don't... That, I think, is the most disenchanting thing for me as a fan, is there's no way out of this. There's no future. You know, you're stuck... This summer is going to be very much like last summer, where you're going to sit there on your hands and watch everything fucking go by. There's probably going to be enough cap. I assume they go out and find some kind of depth center, you would think, though they've been ignoring center for how many fucking years now, so maybe they don't. But some random fucking Nick DeLaurier clone comes in, and that's it. Because that's all they can afford to do. That doesn't Mm -hmm. do it for me! You know, that's bullshit. Another fucking season to sit here with a thumb up our ass. For what?! Uh, going in year 10 now. I, I just don't understand how you back yourself into such a fucking corner where nothing, you can do nothing to further progress uh, this franchise at this point. You're just fucked. Mm-hmm. You had a GM that killed you. Now here's here's just, you know, taking it from macro a little more micro here. Let's say, and you guys mentioned uh, Travis Konechny a couple of minutes ago. Um I think it's pretty fair to say that Travis Konechny is going, barring injury, is going to have at least 40 goals this season. Um, let's say he scores, I don't know, 48 goals, which he might. <laughs> um, and his value is at an all-time high. He's got about 48 goals, 95 points, you know, just searing hot. 
He's on a damn good contract for the next couple of years. Where do you think Konechny's value maxes out? You know, how do you think he might be valued in the marketplace if a competent GM were to try to trade him? Hmm. I don't. I have no idea what he kind of holds in the eye of the league. Like one good season, seven years into his career, doesn't do it for me. But his value should be very high as a player, kind of at a breakout year, quote unquote. You know, I have no idea. I mean, the the better he has, and if he can, you know, flirt with. 50 goals and 100 points this year like you know that's 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 pretty goddamn good you know i would assume you could get something for the guy but i have no idea what kind of value he would have um because this is the thing they're not he's got what like um two or three years after this on his contract two years they're not they're not competing for a cup when he's on this contract no by any means whatsoever, even though an optimistic person would say no, no way in hell. So since that's a given, wouldn't it make sense to at least try to max that value out here? And I don't, I mean, you might be able to package, you know, a, a, a star scoring winger like that. And like you say, doesn't have the, uh, the complete history of that. Now we did have a couple of good seasons a couple years ago, had some bad years here with some bad flyers teams, but if you had a competent GM, maybe you're able to use him as as a base piece to bring in, you know, a star player or something or somehow package a guy that has extremely high value for the first time we, that we will have ever seen in the history of the franchise are actually maximizing a player's trade value yeah. at the right time. Yeah. And, and, you know, you would think that you could take a look around at this roster and go, you know, we're not going to be competitive within the next couple of years. Sell this guy at his peak. Like I would, but you know, I I'm worried they're going to sit there and go, we finally have one star we can market now. And then they're going to hold on to totally it. right. You yeah. know, they're not going to fucking do anything. And I don't know. I, 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 I just, I would trade him. I would trade high on the guy and, and get a King's ransom or at least whatever you could. I'm um, cashing out on him before he fucking falls back into obscurity but I don't think they're going to do that, you know. So the 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 constant between, you know, the right path and then whatever it is the Flyers are going to do, two <laughs> yeah. completely different uh, <laughs> lines of thinking. You know what? I'm looking at the cap-friendly page right now for the Flyers. So he's got two years after this at 5.5. Yeah. And based on this year's production, that's a steal. Yeah. Okay, that's oh, yeah. steal. So teams would be willing to go after a guy like that because five and a half, it's not crazy. And if he's giving you, you know, what a guy making seven, seven point five is doing or, or more. Yeah. Or, I mean, yeah making even, nine or ten to get yeah, forty like, plus goals. Right. So then that's actually good value. And you could actually get something for him. The problem is is it all comes back to the fans. He's a fan favorite, and everyone loves him. And listen, except me. I'll eat, I'll eat a little bit of crow. He's listen. He's not my favorite guy either. He is having a good season, a really good season. He's been their best player. I will flat out admit that. Agree. And I and I've talked shit about Travis Konechny before, so I'll eat that you know crow pie there and and say that he's listen. He's been their best player. The problem with Travis Konechny though 
is what is he going to command on his next contract? And the problem with that too is Ivan Provorov's contract is up the same year. So you're looking at Ivan Provorov and Travis Konechny at the end of the 24-25 season are going to be unrestricted free agents. I don't see a way that you can keep both of them. Not with the amount of contracts, unless they start getting rid of guys like Kevin Hayes and others. And that's so right, Manny. And, And I guess it goes back to this is why the time is now. The iron is hot now because you have these two guys, even if Provorov's, you know, maintains the same level of play, he's not even a career year like a, a Travis Konechny is. But these guys have really good cap hits for another two seasons, which is significant and, and helpful for a trade partner because it's not like it's a half season. You know, they're going to be UFAs this summer. No, you get a full two years at an, an incredible value contract on these guys and the iron is hot. Now they need to trade them now in order to maximize that return, whether it's high first round picks or younger players or what, but get creative doing it. As hard as they play, how many games do you think that this group would win without Travis Konechny? Like imagine they trade him way less February 1st. How many games do they win the rest of the season? That's a, oh, that's a good question. Probably a lot less. Because he's probably, him and Hart, and to a lesser degree, Kevin Hayes, are responsible for their wins. Those three guys are mm-hmm. responsible for this team's, the vast bulk of their wins so far. <laughs> Wouldn't that be hilarious? Fletcher trades TK. He's like, ah, you think you got a good culture? You think you're winning now? Fuck you. I'm taking this guy out. Your leading score. Back to the bottom. Back to the basement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, and the fans won't be happy. He gets traded. There is a lot of fans really upset. I love it. Oh, my God. I would cherish it. <laughs> That's what I It It's because it, it's like. You need to do this while this value is high. I mean, if you are going to if you're going to do what Elliot Friedman said they're thinking about doing and maybe take a step or two back for the first time in franchise history. The only way to do that is you look to your assets that have actual value. And we mentioned those players already. Travis Konechny and Provorov are two of them. You need to flip those guys to get younger assets in here, whether it's, you know, the high first rounders or other teams, high end prospects or something to bring in while you can that sync up with the timelines of your younger players at this point. Like we said, nobody, even the biggest optimist in the world would not think they're going to win anything in the next two years by the time that Provorov and TK's contracts are out. No way. And then as you mentioned, Manny, what are the prices going to be to re-sign those guys? And they're going to kill your cap at that point. You may not even have the money for it at that point. Who knows? Uh, all that stuff, you mix it together. The end result is max the value out while you can. Will they? No. But should they? Yeah, they should. Keep in mind, Carter Hart is the, the year prior. He's an RFA. With yeah, arbitration Fucking $8 million. Yeah, there's going to be least. no money for him and Provorov. There's, there, there isn't. Yeah. My guess is Provorov's mm-hmm. a goner. Um, probably long before that contract comes up. 
Um, mm-hmm. Which I don't yeah. necessarily agree with, but that does seem mm-hmm. to be the path at this point, unless they give up on Cam York completely, which is always a possibility. They don't seem to particularly like the guy. Um, <laughs> well, they better do it now. I mean, would you guys agree that with two years left on TK and a Provorov contract is the best you're going to get? The more you wait, you're risking, you know, the contract is only a year left, which I, th- I think decreases the value. Injury is a risk. If Get you're moving to Kekne, you got to do it immediately. Um, Provorov, I don't know. You can wait for his value to get a little better than it is now, but my guess is, you know, he's more or less on a you know linear plane at this point when it comes to his overall value. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I would move Konechny. I would do it. I would see what you can get for the guy, and hopefully it's something crazy, and do what the Blackhawks did with the Brincat, you know, at this draft, and kind of cash out high on him, get another high first-round pick, and... You know, do it that way. But it's not what's going to happen. They're going to fucking keep the guy and cherish him, and he's going to fall back into fucking obscurity next season because, of course, he will. And they're going to fucking kick themselves for holding on to him when they could have sold high. And this was going to happen. There's no way they're moving Konechny, much to my fucking chagrin. They're going to keep him around, and they give him a fucking eight-year contract in two years just to really piss me off like they did with Sanheim. Look, extend him two years early. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Well, the first day they can extend them, I'm sure they're going to talk about it. They did it with everybody else. I stop now. See, I, I just still like, I, I know we talked about this a few weeks ago, but the whole point of Tortorella is to come in and to separate the weak from the strong. Yeah. The guys who are going to be here and the ones who, you know what, you're throwing them off the lifeboat and that's it. I don't know how you can tell Travis Konechny, dude, you're not part of us going forward after what he's done. <laughs> you're set free. How about that? Yeah, no, you're right, Maddie. It's it totally incongruent with what the coach is, is preaching. So I don't even know if the if it's in the cards to trade him. Like, but at the same time, I don't feel good giving him a you know seven and a half, eight million dollar deal when he's a UFA. I don't care what the cap goes up to. Yeah. And then even if you don't, so here's the situation. Even if even if they say, look, like we're gonna we're gonna keep Travis, he had a career year. We love what he does for us. We're going to bleed out the rest of his contract, and then we're going to sign him a year early like we did with Couturier mm-hmm. for a team-friendly deal. What does that net you? What does that do for you? Like, you get a player that has ups and downs, and you continue on this path of not being bad enough to get a Connor Bedard, but not being good enough to yeah. win Jack Dump. That's all so, they like, need, Mike. Where, I mean, yeah, I mean, it fits what the Flyers want to do. But if you look at it from that perspective, what is it? What is the net gain by holding on to him right now and not taking the chance, not rolling the dice to maximize that and potentially flip him for someone for something better? For example, I always go back to this Matt Duchesne example, which Joe Sackick traded Matt Duchesne, Ottawa Senators, for their first round pick, which was number four overall, netted Kale McCarr. That's the kind of flip that I want to do with a TK. Yeah. You know, that would be a total game changer if they were to do something like that. There's your way to clear some cap, too. Trade Connecting for a draft pick, that's five and a half million dollars off the books. You know, sure. That way you don't have to fucking fuck around with this Kevin Hayes fellow. You don't have to sit there and, you know, buy him out and pay him, you know, a ridiculous amount all this time. I just, I don't know. Would, I don't, whatever. I don't think a GM, and, and Manny, your point is, is totally legit, is that the coach isn't really doing this right now to separate the strong from the weak. And 
I don't know if the coach is going to even like, I mean, if they even did anything like this, what would John Tortorella say? What the fuck am I doing here? You're trading my best player away. <laughs> yeah. Tortorella's I mean, the again, one calling for a rebuild though. True. Well, he's, yes. He says we're in a rebuild. Mm-hmm. Like it says it's the name of the game for a rebuild is fucking part ways with these players. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't, <laughs> Everything they're going to set stuck. They're going to separate the strong from the weak. By Patrick Brown, you were a UFA anyway. See you later. Like no, anybody, anybody could have made that decision. You don't need John Tortorella to make that decision. Probably yeah. they do need Tortorella. You need Tortorella to hold Fletcher back from letting the fucking three year extension go his way. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, Fletcher, like they can't, can't keep doing. They can't keep doing this in this like linear low risk, non-risk band-aid fashion. Yeah, you would think that that may also be what Friedman is referring to when he talks about it and acting and those, you know, amorphous terms is that you need to do something more significant, roll the dice in a, in a certain way that, that could net you something meaningful and Doing something like this, you know, trading a Travis Connecting and Ivan Provorov, while especially TK's value is that high, are a way to do that. See, but, looking at two years from now, this is this makes the Sanheim thing even more puzzling because <laughs> you're you're basically saying and committing eight more years to Travis Sanheim starting next year. Yeah, knowing that two years from now you're going to have Travis Konechny and Ivan Provorov deals up the same offseason. Who are more important players? <laughs> right. Arguably. Yeah. That's Sandheim extension. Just I don't get it. It kills it. I I don't I don't understand. There's not a single positive thing that comes out of resigning. Some of the Sandheim. dumbest shit I've ever seen by it, a it, It's manager. the single fucking dumbest move Fletcher's made. And there's a long list of fucking stupid moves. Resigning Sandheim just doesn't make any goddamn sense. I <laughs> I, I, I cannot believe, cannot believe their depth at left-handed defensemen, their overall contract situation, your chance to clear a little bit of cap space, your big fucking trade chip going into the you know, dead deadline to pick up an extra draft pick in this deep draft that they value so much. Every fucking duck in a row is there to move on from this guy, and they just brought him back for eight more fucking years to be a mediocre piece of shit on that blue line. I, 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 I cannot believe... Every time I think about that, it just gonna be so fucking angry because it just doesn't make any goddamn sense. There's not a single positive that came out of that. It's GM malpractice. I mean, yeah. to not even even test. And if they were to sign him for the eight years, at the end of the day, okay. I mean, I, I wouldn't like it, but but to not even attempt to not wait till the trade the deadline, not you know, and see what's out there. As I think, Manny, you harped on this a couple months ago. To not even see what that looks like, what that landscape could potentially look like is absurd, completely absurd. Yep. I don't know, guys. We, we might eat our words when it's Travis Sam's number being driven to the rafters. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, he'll be That's a flyer. High. I mean, he'll play that contract. Yeah, he'll out. be pretty high on the flyer playlist. Yeah. 14 years. He'll be here for 14 seasons, I think, once that's all said and done, which is insane. Shit. Eight? What's, Somebody, what's he in some... year six? Eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, yeah. four. Oh my god, it's fourteen years. <laughs> what have I done with my life? Hey, you know what? It's only one more than Scott Lawton. No. <laughs> Actually, no. Wow. Yeah. One's gonna be a full thirteen. Yeah. Fourteen years I have to watch Tread. This is a fucking cruel joke. 
They resigned that specifically just to shit all over me. Unbelievable. <laughs> with and doesn't he have some uh, some no trade uh, clauses associated with this? I haven't looked at his at his contract since he signed it, but I thought there was some sort of no, I'm not a sure full NMC, but uh, a number see. of no trade provisions. Oh, he's got a full no trade for the first four years. Oh. And a uh, year five date has a 12-team no trade list. God, so for the first half, it's Im- immovable. Until 2027, it's immovable. <sighs> Man, that's brutal. Holy fucking shit. It, dude, our players, we've got herpes. It just keeps <laughs> coming back. They keep coming back. They keep flaring up. Go away. We need flaring we need, up. Yeah. We need antibiotics. We need we need to get rid of this thing. The giant sore on the flyer's upper lip. It looks gross. Stop. I got the itch, man. I got the itch. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk trade with us. <laughs> oh, it's just oh my god, it's insane. But at the end of the day, you know, I don't think that Fletcher is going to do any of this. I no. I really don't. And even if Let's just say, hypothetically, he wanted to. Every other GM can read this guy like a children's book. So even if he's trying to posture Travis Konechny on a career year, he's going to get nothing back for him. Everybody knows that Chuck Fletcher's a loser general manager. The guy's a horrible negotiator. And he loses every trade and transaction he makes across the league. That's just how he is. He's a fucking dumbass. So if he's the guy that's going to execute this stuff, whether it's him or Briere, God forbid it's Danny Briere who hasn't even done shit in this league. I mean, what are we looking at here? You know, <laughs> like that's also part of the issue is the people in command, as we've mentioned, just aren't capable. I think of of transitioning and turning these assets over into something better than what we currently have. What I've got, a, I've got a weird question for you guys. Okay, so. Imagine that you you know you get a you rub a lamp and a genie comes out, and the genie is telling you the future, and it says, "Well, in five years' time, the Flyers will win the Stanley Cup, but they're still going to have Ristolainen, Sanheim, Provorov, Hart, Coots, the the entire squad that we've got right now." They're just going to stay and stay and stay. And we got to watch this for another five, six years. I quit. But the cup is coming. Nope. I quit. Man. Can you endure five more years of watching this exact same roster? <laughs> no. They no. seem committed to <laughs> no. winning with this team. I don't know why. I mean, if there's a guarantee they're going to win it, but at the same time, the road to get there has been so aggravating. <laughs> like, I don't even want to see these players win anything. Like, yeah. Five, so six years from now, whatever that is, 2029, they win the cup, but this roster stays the exact... I can't do it. No fucking way. That light at the end of the tunnel ain't fucking worth it. No. I mean, I guess, yeah, like if... <sighs> hey, if that genie comes out and says that... I get to watch Morgan Frost for five more years. Oh, boy. Can't wait. They JBR would be, still here. <laughs> if all of those players were still on the team and they won it, they would by far be the exception to the rule unless they I guess I don't know if the genie told you this but the Flyers magically win the draft lottery and get Connor Bedard this season okay 
maybe in that situation and they build off of that, perhaps I could see it. But uh, just having to endure the same guys for year 11 of whatever their tenure is here. It's uh <laughs> it's a tough watch. That, yeah, it's a real tough, that's an watch. ugly thought. Yeah. I'm just going to so, be back next year. Anyway, it's gonna be the exact same team. Just minus well, Patrick Brown and plus Elliot Dana. What's funny about this team too, right now is that they're doing all this, all this winning going on now and all this, you know, making the culture and meeting the standard stuff, doing it without Cam Atkinson, Sean Couturier and Ryan Ellis, which I think is a good thing because I think you need some of these veterans off the team to let some of the young guys grow into their roles and establish an identity on their own. Um, at the same time, the cap hits are a problem and you got to think that Atkinson and Couturier are going to be back, right? Unless, Atkinson falls into that career ending sort of thing. But I think that is going to change the dynamic of the team once those guys come back because they're going to take away ice time. You know, they're going to be different guys in the locker room and I'm not sure how it's going to work out next year as compared to this year. So next season, we got JVR UFA at the end of this year. <laughs> so he's gone. Maybe they bring him back in some capacity. I don't know. Who knows? He's gone. Kiefer Bellows, RFA, arbitration rights. Bye. They're not even going to – they're going to lock the, the – They're going to lock the arbitrator. They're going to lock the arbitrator out of the room and just say, don't even waste your time. We're, we're walking. Right. So he's gone too, right? Yeah, he's gone. Noah okay. Cates, arbitration. Oh, they'll definitely I, keep him. He's been they'll good. Keep him. They'll keep him. Mm-hmm. Zach McEwen, arbitration. Gone. Okay. Morgan Frost, RFA. Uh, he's coming on. He's hot. My guess. I, I think there's a chance. Yeah, I think he's coming back, I think, which is going to be the bane of my existence. But I think they give him like two like year two bridge years. deal or something. Yep. Yeah, a two year bridge deal, like one, two, five each year or yep. something like that. I can see that. And I wouldn't 800 right now. Yeah, I wouldn't completely hate it because it's an inconsequ- inconsequential cap hit. And if he has done enough, he does seem to be doing a little bit better. Um, if he's, you know, if they're going to give him like a, you know, eight year deal for 7.5, you know, no. <laughs> Which probably is not the table. Let's be real. So if it's one or two years for under one and a half per, I'm fine with just kind of letting that linger at this point. He's not going to make or break anything. He's not taking away ice time from anybody. Um, I, I could live with that. And I could, if you were to say what side of the coin I fall on, I probably say they keep him. Agreed. I think they do as well. Uh, By the way, since we mentioned Morgan Frost, uh, one of our fans, Sean Moore, mentioned uh, he kind of chirped at uh, at Bill Meltzer. Bill Meltzer responded when somebody mentioned Morgan Frost again today, and he literally said, "Bill, do you have like search for him in your mentions, or is he like an alert that comes up?" Yeah, he's got notifications. It's got to be an alert. Yeah, it's a fucking psycho. And then he just replied, neither. <laughs> and then, like, that was it. So kudos to you, Sean. I'm glad that somebody uh, brought that up. What that a fucking great. gimmick. <laughs> He's going to be the next agent for Morgan Frost. Yeah, he may as well be. He's just fucking... Bill Meltzer's agent. Yeah. agent he's just going to be the agent on Twitter. Hmm. No, he can't That's, be. He's going to get clients <laughs> by just voraciously defending them on Twitter at every turn. 
and then he's going to we- weasel his way into being their player agent. Morgan Frost is going to get like two million bucks next year because of B melts. Because <laughs> of B melts, B money <laughs> melts <B-money>. money. <laughs> dollar dollar bill, y'all. So Frost has eight goals and yeah. nineteen points in thirty eight games, which, eh. and I believe eight of those points have come in the two games against the Coyotes. Yes. So um, he can beat up the Coyotes. Eight points, take eight points. That's the way. That's uh, eleven points in thirty-eight games on the season. On thirty-six you games, know, if you take uh, that away. Frost and I want to continue this exercise, Manny, of you kind of going down the roster, but just a quick detour. I think that Frost, if he does sign for two years under the parameters that we stated, I think he could be one of those guys that benefits with playing with much better players around him. Unfortunately, that probably won't happen here, but I kind of get the sense that. There's a chance that if he was playing next to like a Leon Draisaitl or something, if he was centering, you that, know, Gaudreau and Debrincat this season, yeah. yeah, you know what, he could probably yes. squeeze himself Same. some extra points there. Yeah, yeah, if he had some legit talent, I feel like he could potentially take that step and really start producing. Um, won't happen here, but I think that's a, you know, that's probably something that went through my mind. When the NHL expands their playoff, so they're voting for the All Star team. How many votes does Morgan Frost get, and how many are attributable <laughs> to Bill Meltzer? He's got some Meltzer. fucking click farm out there ready to yeah. put Morgan Frost. He's in got here. he's got a he's got a Twitter farm in in Macedonia <laughs> that's just there typing away. Yeah. Morgan Frost a, had nine thousand sweatshop <laughs> from a phone in Philadelphia. Huh. All right, let's just finish off this list because we're almost done. Uh, Patrick Brown, UFA, three year extension. Yeah, see, uh, he's gone. Um. I'm going to say no on Patrick Brown uh, coming back. See, like, you don't even have to think about that. That's 750K. Yeah, I mean, what I know, but, you know, running it through the filter that is the Flyers front office, even with the incompetency there, if Chuck Fletcher's still here, which he probably will be, um, I still think that the Flyers may have enough guys that they can You've got plenty of fourth liners. I think you can. Yeah, we're going to bring some some other people in here. We don't need Patrick Brown. So I could. I'm going to go on the side of the coin that says no, he's not back. Okay, Justin Braun, UFA. Fuck, they're going to trade him to the deadline, and then he comes back in the offseason again. <laughs> Poor bastard. This guy's washed. So, Justin Braun is fucking washed this year. He's completely. Yeah, you're totally right. There. He was so good last year, and he's been so good since he's been Philadelphia. I'm a big fan of his, but like, holy fuck, he looks every bit of 35 years old right now. He is done. He, he looked bad on the Rangers in the playoffs too. They sat him most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably say no, but are they are they going to be ready to give who who fills that role? Sealer cuz he's here for another year already. Sealer, yeah. Adder's hanging around, but I don't think he's ready just yet. So I mean, uh York. <laughs> York on the bottom yeah. right side because they don't know what they're doing with the guy. I'll go on no on on Braun. I, I don't think, think the, so. I think I don't think, I think so. it's done. Yeah. Okay, Cam York, RFA. Yeah, he'll be back. On he'll some be back. Deal or something. I don't know what kind of deal he's going to get. If they were smart, they'd try to get him as long as they can for as little money as they can. Uh, so if he takes off, you got a really good deal. But probably two-year bridge deal at a million or something like that. Just keep him around. Yeah, maybe two by two, something like that. I don't think he's getting or, that much yet. 
two by one. Maybe not. It depends what he does the rest of the season. If he kind of like starts standing out during the last, you know, 42 games of the year here, or 40 some games, whatever's left, um, that number might go up a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a bridge in the ones, maybe two max. See, I mean, like that's the NHL roster that we just went through. Yeah, there's there's no like really tough decisions there. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, see, ya, you're gone. See, ya. yeah, mm-hmm. we're not even going to talk to the arbitrator. You're done. Yeah, like like that's not even like this whole season is just an exercise in futility. Yeah. Oh, my like, God. Yeah, you, you're you so know, right. You know who's coming back. Mm-hmm. Unless they make a trade of some kind in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's the end. net? Yeah. So we went through exercise, which the team's going to do. What's the net result? <laughs> you lose Patrick Brown and Brauner. You lose Patrick Brown and Braun and replace them with Ronnie Adderd and Elliot Dernier. What they fucking do, you know? You know, do they clear cap like Hayes and you know Konechny and Provorov? Do they go down that route? Like I don't think so. Maybe they move on from Hayes. I, it, it all depends on how this relationship with Tortorella works out the next few months. But beyond Hayes, and I think, you know, I looked at a piece in that this week in Brotherly Puck, and everything sucks in trying to move that guy. You know, I, I don't think he's got a net positive trade value right now for the Flyers. So, you know, you may as well just fucking keep the guy, you know, unless you're going to need every dollar to go sign a big time free agent, which they're not going to do. They're going to let Pasternak and Larkin slip right through their fucking fingers and and they're screwed, you know? So I, I just, I don't know how this roster is going to be different next season with the exception of a few of these depth guys gone and are replaced by one or two of the top guys in the AHL and maybe Cutter Gauthier. Like, you know, you're just going to run it back with the exact same team and have the exact same results. And I don't understand why that's a good thing right now. Yeah, you know, it's right. time for change. It's time for upgrades. And you can't make any because you backed yourself into a financial corner where you have no choice but to sit here and suffer because you can't make any upgrades. It's ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous. And honestly, if Coots and Atkinson come back, those are two roster spots they're just not going to have. You know, yeah, so well, Patrick Brown goes away and Cam Atkinson comes back. Yeah, so they're already filled, essentially. I mean, yeah, like maybe you bring in a depth guy or something, or maybe one of your young kids comes up, maybe. But it's those spots are accounted for already with guys that are certainly on the back nine of their careers, no question about it, especially Sean Couturier, who, who the fuck knows if he can actually keep up after missing two full seasons yep, almost two with the years same serious, serious back lower back injury. <laughs> like, so it's a very uh, almost impossible situation to feel like the team is going to make any improvements next season, barring a cowboy general manager coming in and going nuts and trading Kevin Hayes and Travis connecting and Ivan Provorov for futures or flipping those three players into significantly good assets to build around the core group that you may have here already for a run five years from now. See, and again, if they make that decision of we're going to rebuild now, things are going to change as Elliot Friedman and Jeff Mm -hmm. Merrick kind of alluded to. It's too late. Yeah. The the draft that you want to take advantage of is this coming draft right now. 
So they're going to get eliminated from the playoffs. And then they're going to say, guys, we're rebuilding. They're going to have a big press conference and Dave Scott's going to have his shit-eating grin. And he's going to say that we're rebuilding. Great. Draft's over. Yeah, You're not going to be able to change the lottery. Like These are decisions that should have been made already. Years ago. Years ago. They should have been planning this at least bare minimum during the beginning of last season. Bare minimum. Like before the risk aligning contract. Even before the Couturier contract, when they had an historically, historically embarrassing season. And the net result of that was, let's give Coots an eight-year extension a year early. Why? The team just Uh... fell off a fucking cliff. That was the, that was the, uh, that started all of it. The ball started rolling down the hill, I think, with that. And it just has gotten worse with these deals over time. See, as bad as that one is, I think the real bad one is the wrist line and extension. Yeah. Because after that, there is no turning back now. You've gone, you've put all your chips in, and you've said, this is the team. He's going to be a playoff performer, don't worry, even though he hasn't been in the playoffs. But it is what it is. And then, like, every move. Let's yeah. re-sign Sanheim. Let's re-sign this guy. It, it, it's it's like he can't get out of this. There is no admitting failure. There's no admitting that he was wrong. And that's why Chuck Fletcher is such a poor executive. This is mm-hmm. a capped out team, maxed out on contracts. You had Jacob Verona go on waivers. And listen, nobody claimed him. And in part because of the money. But the Flyers should not be a cap team right now with where yeah. they are. Yep. Not even close. You look at the Ducks. They've got like I don't even know how many millions they've got. They've got quite a bit of, of money. And they're a shit team. And, and they're going to get a high pick. Yeah, and they shouldn't have been this bad. Mm-hmm. But here we are. God, can you imagine and Bedard and Zegers playing together? Oh. At the end of the yeah, at the end of the day, it may it may serve the Ducks well. I think when they traded Lindholm last year, that was a huge a huge problem, um, and not being able to retain. Uh, um, a catalyst like that on on their back end has been a major issue. But at the end of the day, maybe that is the right kind of medicine to take, have a shit year, and all of a sudden you get a top two pick and you've got, you know, three three Hall of Famers on your team that are all going to blossom in the next three to four years and the Ducks are going to be, you know, the next Tampa Bay Lightning or something because of it. Um, hell, I'd roll the dice to have that shot. Fuck it. Why not? Better than what the Flyers and the Vancouver Canucks are doing. <laughs> they got 13.9 in cap space right now, and that is before Klingberg and Kevin Shattenkirk come off the books at 7 and 3.9, respectively. Nice. And Kulikov at 2.2. Like, they're going to lose a significant amount of money this summer. They can be big-time nice. players in the free agent pool. You go out there and draft Bedard, you already have Zegras, and then you snag somebody like Pasternak. Mm. Yeah, they Pretty can afford to overpay. Right there. Yeah, they can totally afford to overpay by a long shot on legit players. They're not going to overpay for fucking Kevin Hayes, Sean Couturier, huh? yeah, or Coots. They're going to overpay <laughs> hey, for Pasternak. Okay, fine, <laughs> whatever, you know. Yeah, so they, I mean, they'll have all the money in the world. 